Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, millions of Americans face life-threatening flooding as one city gets three months' worth of rain in just one night. The water rescues after record-breaking rain in Texas. Kids saved from the floods. People pulled out of cars. CBS's Omar Villafranca shows us the devastation and the stories of survival. I thought I was going to die. Plus, where the storm is heading next. Breaking news, the new legal move by Donald Trump. CBS's Robert Costa has new details tonight on what may have prompted the FBI to raid the estate. Federal investigators looking at video to determine who had access to the former president's documents. Deadly car bomb. Russia blames Ukraine after the daughter of a top Putin ally is killed near Moscow. CBS's Deborah Pata reports from Ukraine as fears grow about retaliation. Back to school spending skyrockets. CBS's Janet Shamlian talks to a single mom struggling to check off her preschooler's supply list. I'd probably put it around $50 to $75. And it's not a complete. And it's not a complete, no. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from New York City. Good evening and thank you for joining us as we start a new week together. Tonight, millions of Americans in the Southwest are under flood warnings after monsoon rains drenched communities across parts of six states, North Texas getting the worst of it. The Dallas-Fort Worth area suffering from a months-long drought was pummeled with more than nine inches. That is the second heaviest rainfall in the city's history. It was the equivalent of a summer's worth of rain in one 24-hour period. Floodwaters rushed through the streets, submerging vehicles. And we're learning tonight a woman was swept off a bridge and has died. While floodwaters create nightmares on the ground, airlines are severely impacted, with more than 7,000 flights in the U.S. delayed or canceled. More than half of all the flights out of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport today 
have been delayed. We have a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Omar Villafranca is going to start us off from outside Dallas. Good evening, Omar. Good evening. That rain fell overnight into today, Nora, and it prompted flash flooding like you're seeing right here and dozens of water rescues. It was all part of a system that hammered much of the southwest. Late today, emergency crews rescued families with children in heavily flooded Seagoville, Texas, while rains and flash flooding submerged houses, cars, and even trapped drivers in and around Dallas. But the current's so strong going past my house, you, you, it'll wash you away. This woman was pulled to safety after the road flooded with little warning. I thought I was going to die. I was just panicking because I just wanted to get, away, get out of my car and get out of the water. Dallas Fire Rescue responded to close to 200 vehicle rescues in just 24 hours. All of a sudden we were stopped and then I see a car just like floating towards the wall. And so, like, oh, shoot. Just a few weeks ago, triple digit temperatures and drought conditions were baking North Texas, drying up the Trinity River in Dallas. But overnight, rain pounded the area, filling up the river basin. She said that water is coming in. So I didn't think that it was I thought it was going to calm down, but the rain keep coming. Homes were also damaged. The rain so powerful, this apartment in downtown Dallas quickly ended up with two feet of water. Once the flooding receded, the damage became clearer. Out west in Utah's Zion National Park, torrential rains turned hiking paths treacherous, putting park goers at risk. This person was filmed clinging to a large tree trunk in fast-moving floodwaters. And the search continues for a 29-year-old woman from Tucson, Arizona, who was hiking with her friends when the storm hit. There are more than 20 people working on this search and rescue operation, and they're working all along the length of Zion Canyon. Dallas County just declared this area a disaster. Now, the floodwaters are starting to recede. That's the good news, and folks here are hoping that the worst is over. Nora? Devastating for so many. Omar Villafranca, thank you. And for more on this deadly storm and where it's headed, let's bring in the Weather Channel's Mike Bettis. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening. The rain coming so fast and so hard in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex that city streets in Fort Worth filled up and looked like rivers here. And the water in many places has been slow to recede because we've had so much more rain through the afternoon and evening. There have been some areas around the Metroplex where rain gauges have pegged 15 inches or more of rain officially in Dallas, just over nine inches of rain in the last 24 hours, the wettest 24-hour span in 90 years. Now, that's been good for our departures. It's basically eradicated our departure. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that the extreme drought has gone away across Texas. Many locations have very significant rainfall departures for 2022. More heavy rains back in our forecast. Louisiana and Mississippi in particular. Nora, with some rainfall totals here, estimated to be five to eight inches over the next 24 hours. Flooding, a near certainty. Yeah, heading east. Mike Bettis, thank you. Well, now to some breaking news in the legal battle over the FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida mansion. In a new court filing tonight, the former president is asking a judge to block the FBI from looking at the seized materials until a special master can be appointed to oversee the review. CBS's Robert Costa is in West Palm Beach tonight. A U.S. official tells CBS News federal investigators are now evaluating video evidence that shows people at Mar-a-Lago accessing storage areas that contain classified documents, part of what prompted the FBI to search the estate. The investigation into Trump's alleged mishandling of the material can be traced back to the chaotic final days of his term. 
with then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and others rushing to organize the documents as they dealt with a defiant president. Instead of sending the more than two dozen boxes to the National Archives, sources say Trump brought them to Florida, sparking alarm and eventually leading to the seizure. Trump and his allies have slammed the search, and today his attorneys asked a Florida court to appoint a third-party attorney to review the evidence taken and return it. We're going to come out swinging and say, look, you know, this cannot be something where we just get a, uh, a kind of a wink and a nod from DOJ that we're supposed to trust them. The Trump team's filing comes as U.S. Magistrate Bruce Reinhardt prepares to decide whether to release portions of the affidavit that led to the FBI search. Show us what you found, because the affidavit's going to have them tell publicly now what they told the court they were going to go find. Show us what you found. The affidavit would provide critical detail, including whom federal agents interviewed and why they thought a crime was potentially committed. The Department of Justice opposes the release as threats against agents have spiked since the search. Judge Reinhardt, too, has been threatened. He's been very careful. The DOJ has been very careful. But look, uh, he, he fielded all these so many threats that they had to cancel services at his synagogue. He knows that the public pressure here is a crucible of the sort he hasn't had before. The Trump legal team's motion included a claim that Trump is the front runner for the Republican presidential nomination in 2024, underscoring the political cross currents at play as these investigations continue. Nora. Robert Costin, West Palm Beach for us. Thank you. Back here in New York, the summer rally on Wall Street hit the brakes over fears about inflation and the Fed's next interest rate hike. All three major indexes fell with the S&P 500 and the tech-heavy Nasdaq falling more than 2 percent. It was the worst day for stocks since June. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert who became a household name during the COVID-19 pandemic, announced he is stepping down from his positions with the federal government in December. The 81-year-old has advised every president since Ronald Reagan during his more than 50 years in public service and led the federal response to the HIV-AIDS epidemic. Let's turn overseas now to Moscow, where Russian authorities are blaming Ukrainian operatives for the deadly car bombing that killed the daughter of one of President Vladimir Putin's closest advisors over the weekend. Ukraine denied any involvement, but there is growing fear about what the Kremlin will do in response. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Ukraine. A fireball caught on cell phone video as a car bomb blew up just outside Moscow. The explosion, that's now a major flashpoint in Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. Dead at the scene, Daria Dugina, daughter of influential ultra-nationalist Alexander Dugin, an outspoken supporter for the war. The Kremlin immediately blamed Ukraine for the hit, releasing a video of an alleged suspect, but Kiev has categorically denied responsibility. The target is believed to have been Dugin himself, a man described as Putin's brain who wants to avenge his daughter's death by winning the war. He spoke with 60 Minutes' Leslie Stahl five years ago about his book that called for Putin to annex Ukraine. We demand from him to be much more authoritarian than he is. So he a little bit disappoints us because it's, it takes too long. The brazen bombing has escalated tensions in the run-up to Ukraine's Independence Day on Wednesday. There were already fears the Kremlin would ramp up its attacks. Russia may try to do something disgusting and cruel this week, warned President Zelensky. 
Mass gatherings across the country have been banned and the central square in Kyiv has been turned into a pop-up museum showcasing Russian tanks and armoured vehicles captured or destroyed in combat. Six months since the invasion began, Kyiv still stands as a bitter reminder that Putin failed to seize the capital and proclaim a swift victory. Nerves are already frayed here, with the Russian-occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant turned into a deadly front line. The U.S. State Department has warned Russia's ambassador against escalating the war and called for an end to military operations near that plant. Nora? Deborah Pata, with that warning, thank you. And first on CBS News, we've just learned the Department of Justice is opening a civil rights investigation after disturbing video emerged of police officers in Arkansas beating a man on the ground. Two officers have been suspended and one placed on administrative leave as authorities investigate the incident. We get more now from CBS's Nikki Batiste. This cell phone video shows three cops in Arkansas repeatedly pummeling 27-year-old Randall Worcester, punching him in the head with a clenched fist, kneeing him in the legs. This is bad. And then picking up his head and smashing it into the pavement. The cops, Crawford County Sheriff's deputies Levi White and Zach King and Mulberry officer Thel Riddle were not wearing body cameras, but a dash cam recorded the incident. The dash cam does bring to light other things that did happen there you know, to, that initiated that wasn't caught on the uh, citizen's camera. Crawford County Sheriff Jim DeMonte tells CBS News police in a neighboring town received a call Sunday morning about a man, allegedly Worcester, making terroristic threats against a gas station employee, spitting and threatening to cut off the person's face. Worcester then biked about seven miles where officers caught up with him. He says Worcester handed over a knife and then football tackled one of the deputies and punched him in the back of the head. When they were going to take him into custody is when he started to fight. The Arkansas State Police and the FBI are investigating the cops for use of force. All three have been removed from duty. Worcester was released on bail today. Worcester, how are you doing? He faces several charges in this case, including terroristic threatening. I believe it was above and beyond um, what the officers were trained to do and what they should have done in that situation. Worcester's lawyer says she filed a separate use of force complaint against Deputy Levi White back in 2019 for another client. When I asked the sheriff about that complaint, Nora, he told me he has to look into it. Thank you, Batiste. Thank you. All right, thousands of teachers walk off walk the picket lines in Ohio while inflation hits back to school shopping nationwide. We've got those stories in 60 seconds. The new school year is off to a rocky start in Ohio after more than 4,000 teachers in the state's largest school district voted to go on strike after failing to reach a new deal on a contract. Teachers for Columbus City Schools say the strike is about students deserving modern schools, smaller class sizes, and a well-rounded curriculum that includes art, music, and P.E. The first day of school on Wednesday will begin with remote learning. As students return to the classroom across the rest of the country, parents are the ones getting a lesson when it comes to inflation. The National Retail Federation says back-to-school spending will rise more than 40 percent this year compared to 2019. CBS's Janet Shamlan kicks off our week-long back-to-school series. Maddie Davis is reeling after trying to fulfill her son Jax's back-to-school list. Give me that food! 
It's a preschool list. Jack's is four. We're hit $100, now we've hit $150, we're at $200, and once I hit 200, I just stopped. I said, this is way out of my budget. Where am I gonna pull $200 from? The single mom says shopping this year was paper, pencils, and price increases. Just this, I'd probably put it around $50 to $75. And it's not a complete? And it's not a complete, no, it's not, it's not complete. Just 36% of parents said they can afford back-to-school supplies, compared to 52% last year. But even with inflation straining budgets, families are expected to spend an average of $864 on school items, $15 more than in 2021. Back-to-school is, is an essential category, meaning families will prioritize it no matter what's going on, including when they see, when they see higher prices. 38% of parents saying they'd cut back elsewhere to pay for it. How to save? Experts say consider resale shops, buy generic, look for coupons, wait for Labor Day sales, and what could be the biggest money saver? Don't go shopping with your kids. Jack started preschool this morning, but Maddie, who works full-time, is still trying to get his uniforms and decide which of her bills not to pay. It's become turmoil at this point. We've... We're penny to penny. We are pinching every little cent we can get. Back to school. This year, an education in higher prices. <laughs> Janet Shamley and CBS News, Houston. And still ahead, the dramatic end to a wild police pursuit and why the sheriff is asking for prayers tonight. And what you need to know about an E. coli outbreak possibly linked to a fast food giant. Tonight, dramatic video of police taking a suspect into custody after a high-speed chase and shootout that left one deputy dead and another wounded. It happened in Oklahoma City when deputies tried to serve an eviction notice. The suspect shot two deputies and took off. He was later captured outside Tinker Air Force Base where he surrendered a rifle. The violence has shaken the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office. What's your message to the community as everybody's waiting to find out their condition? It's unclear why the suspect drove to the Air Force Base. All right, now to some big health news. Tonight, Pfizer is seeking authorization of its updated COVID vaccine booster, which targets the newest Omicron variants. If the FDA greenlights the shots, they could be available within weeks. Moderna is expected to file a similar request soon. Up next, William and Kate confirm they're moving their family out of London. We'll tell you where they're headed. Wendy's is temporarily pulling lettuce from sandwiches in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania because of a possible E. coli contamination. The precautionary move comes after at least 37 people got sick in those states. Wendy says it uses different lettuce in its salads and its sandwiches. Consumer Reports is advising people to avoid eating any Wendy's sandwich or salad with romaine until the source of the outbreak is determined. Tonight, Prince William and his wife, Kate Middleton, are getting set to move their family from Kensington Palace to a cottage on the Queen's Windsor Estate outside London. In a statement today, the royal family confirmed that Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis will attend a private school nearby in Berkshire. The family is said to be moving into Adelaide Cottage. That's a four bedroom home, nearly 200 years old. All right, we'll be right back with the latest hit in minor league baseball. There's nothing more fundamental in baseball than a game of catch, but there's one minor league star that grew up playing Fletch. Here's CBS's Chris Van Cleve. 
1988 hit Bull Durham was a major home run for the minor league Durham Bulls. Now it's a dog that has fans barking for more. Meet Ripken, the bat dog. I uh, actually sometimes have to apologize to the players because they'll ground out to second and all of a sudden the crowd just goes crazy. Crazy for this six-year-old black lab playing cleanup, collecting the bats for the hometown team. And Ripken's also a good luck charm for Bulls outfielder Miles Masterboni. Do you worry people will say that you're just letting the game go to the dogs? <laughs> no. Not at all, actually. <laughs> Assistant General Manager Chip Allen says the team did have a couple canine concerns. Would the bats come back wet? Would they have teeth marks in it? And I don't know how Ripken does it. No saliva on the bats, no teeth marks. It helps his owner, Michael O'Donnell, is a dog trainer and former college baseball player. We started with just kind of playing fetch with bats in the backyard and having fun. How did you get the dog to ignore all of the balls on the field? Lots of practice. Letting O'Donnell live out his baseball dreams through his four-legged best friend. Good boy. While hoping the big leagues throw Ripken a bone sometime soon. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, Durham. What a good boy. I love dogs. Well, that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in New York. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.